Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com. In September of 2022, approaching 9-11, 2022. And so for this weekend's dip into the archives for the flashback episode, once again, we're going to be reaching into the newly released 2009 Data Archive USB, which, as I hope you know by now, is the USB that you can purchase at newworldnextweek.com that contains every single podcast, every article, every video, every interview that I published in the year 2009. There is also the 2007-2008 edition. Future editions of this series obviously will be forthcoming at New World Next Week. Um, But right now, the most recent edition is the 2009 archive, and I have quite a doozy of a flashback for this week's uh, flashback edition. So, Long-time corporate reporters may remember that back in 2009, I started what I believe was the first actual documentary project that I tried to engage in at that time, which was Al-Qaeda Doesn't Exist. And you've probably even heard that search term. It did have traction for quite a few years. Um, Although the original uh, documentary idea that I had, which I believe was a nine-part documentary that I had created and sketched out all the different parts and what was going to go where and all of that, well, as if you are a long-time corporate reporter, you might remember that that didn't get completed. (laughs) Uh, I had bitten off more than I could chew, being a full-time teacher at the time, and as well as running the website, doing podcasts, interviews, articles, and videos on a regular basis, and creating an entire documentary from scratch by myself (laughs) turned out to be too much. (laughs) But, (laughs) so I did release a prologue, and I did release a part one, which I guess confusingly was itself split into two parts, because at that time, as you might remember, back in the day, YouTube videos were limited to 10-minute uploads, so I had to split part one, which was about 20 minutes, into two separate videos. Um, But that was as far as I got, and that series was, I guess, well, abandoned. (laughs) I can admit it now, (laughs) 13 years later, yeah, it was abandoned. Uh, As one of my friends here in Japan called it, it was part two doesn't exist. (laughs) And he was right about that. Um, Well, kind of, at any rate, until 2021, at which point I started releasing the False Flags, The Secret History of Al-Qaeda documentary, which, of course, the first two parts are now available at uh, CorbettReport.com slash Al-Qaeda. So you can go there right now, and hopefully you have seen, hopefully you have recently reviewed part one and part two, because as you know by now, part three of that documentary series is about to launch. That will be obviously available on the website, and I will be live streaming it on 9-11. More details on that in a second. But today we're going to dip into the 2009 Archive USB for this flashback. And actually, although I do say that all of the information on these USB archives are also on uh, on the website and freely available, I do note that actually a lot of these videos, I, I was not posting the videos to CorbettReport.com at that time in 2000. 7, 8, 9, 10. It wasn't until 2011 that I was posting the videos to the website. So a lot of these videos were only on my YouTube channel, which of course doesn't exist anymore because of the GooTube sensors. So actually, uh, I believe there may be a channel, a YouTube channel out there somewhere that preserved or mirrored this or bits of it or what have you, but I don't know if, well, certainly this 
actual video is not actually on my website at this point. Well, let's correct that. I will p play the prologue for you here in this flashback. Uh, the complete prologue and part one obviously available on the USB. Once again, available for purchase at newworldnextweek.com. Um, so this is quite the blast from the past, and you will know if you are an attentive and observant person, you will start to see some very familiar and similar looking scenes to things that you might have seen in the more recently released False Flags documentary. Hey, I think I've seen that particular edit before. It's because, yes, I literally and consciously copied some of the editing that I'd done from way back 13 years ago and decided, why don't we, and telling Brock, hey, let's do that. It worked 13 years ago. It still works today. So there are certain things in here that you'll notice that are Oddly familiar looking, I think, um, and just goes to show that the, the information certainly doesn't change, just its presentation. Anyway, having said all of that, again, as you know, I just last weekend, I was uh, live streaming with Ryan Christian of The Last American Vagabond and Corporate Report video editor Brock West. We were doing a watch along and a Q&A of part one of the False Flags documentary. Uh, this coming Sunday, depending when you're watching this, very soon, very shortly, there on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, that would be New York time, say, uh, there will be another live stream where we will do a watch-along and Q&A of part two of the False Flags documentary. And on next Sunday, 9-11-2022, we will be launching and screening and Q&Aing and live streaming part three which of course will also be available from the Corbett Report website. I will also be, it will also be live streamed on a, uh, a live stream that I'm going to be setting up with Richard Gray Gage uh, that I'll be talking about on the program shortly. Having said all of that, I hope you will be there for that. I think this is an important documentary and it goes to show I've been doing the research and thinking about this for many, 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 many years. And I'm finally fulfilling this 13-year-old promise with this False Flags documentary, which is by far, far and away, the largest documentary project I have ever attempted, let alone almost completed. We're so close. It's almost in the can. And I'm very excited to show it to you all. There's a ton of info in it. And uh, people will be studying this six-hour documentary as it's turning into, hopefully for many years, because there are many, many, many important facts uh, locked away in there, buried in there. But having said all of that, let's let's see the origins of the documentary that you're you're watching uh, come to completion right now in 2022, which started in 2009 as Al-Qaeda doesn't exist. And as an extra added bonus, I will throw in the Wayback Archive of Al-Qaeda doesn't exist.com, which was the uh, the the URL that I purchased and that I set up a website specifically for this documentary when I imagined that I was actually going to complete the documentary. <laughs> but I started the website and there's a bibliography on there and various notes and things. Um, so I will throw that in if you want to explore the archived version of the documentary website. Uh, one thing to note is that at the very end, and this is unfortunate, I think, but at the very end, I did include that clip of Cheney saying that they, they have no information linking Osama bin Laden to 9-11, when in the context of what he was actually saying, he was actually trying to say that Saddam Hussein, they had no information directly linking Saddam Hussein to 9-11. He, slip of the tongue, said o o Osama bin Laden. Now, I, 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 my sense at the time was that was a significant slip of the tongue, but at any rate, I put it in there without 
making that point specifically as if to say, look, Cheney didn't think Osama did 9-11. And that was misleading, I think, in the context it's presented in here. So that being said, I certainly wouldn't do that again and didn't do that, obviously, in the False Flags documentary. But then again, it just goes to show how my approach to this type of media creation has changed over the years. And other things stuck out at me when I was re-watching this. For example, my my observation that Al-Qaeda was essentially a media creation, again, another theme that's very important in the documentary I'm working on now that wasn't consciously, I wasn't thinking about modeling it on this 2009 documentary. Anyway, I don't want to over-talk it. Um, let's just enjoy this flashback from 2009, once again available on the 2009 USB archive. It was only a matter of hours after the first plane hit the World Trade Center on 9-11 that we were told who to blame. I hope we do not compound this tragedy by reaching out to make accusations before the FBI and the CIA uh, inform us of what happened. That is exactly what happened, of course, uh, uh, after the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, the highest degree of uh, probability associated with this attack, which had remarkable coordination and logistical sophistication, would be Osama bin Laden's Al-Qaeda group. In the studio. Oh, there we go. Ken. Ken is an international terrorism expert. Ken, good morning to you. Good afternoon to you. Excuse me. How are you, Matt? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. When, when you hear the U.S. officials saying they are already looking in the direction of Osama bin Laden, do you think they're looking in the right place? I think so. Matt, I mean, the sophistication of this attack, uh, the fact that it was elaborately planned. Um, you know, senior U.S. intelligence officials, or one senior U.S. intelligence official, uh, says now that the U.S. is 90% certain that bin Laden was responsible for mm -hmm. today's attack. Would you concur with that conclusion? I, I think that's a very good possibility. You have to look at who has the organization and who has the capability to do something like this. And, of course, uh, bin Laden's al-Qaeda organization uh, has to be right at the top of the list. Right now, suspicion focuses on Osama bin Laden, but first things first. The FBI is combing the wreckage for evidence, and all U.S. military bases and embassies are at the highest state of alert. Now, we are told from sources earlier today that senior administration officials told key members of Congress that they are, quote, certain, based on the evidence they have gathered so far, confident, I'm sorry, not certain, confident, based on the evidence gathered so far, that people and organizations associated with Osama bin Laden are responsible for this. But coming out of the national security meeting tonight, I was told by a senior administration official, they do not want to jump to conclusions here. The administration will say nothing publicly about that. This official saying, quote, we're going to take a little time to sort this out. 
Many of us in the Western world knew little or nothing about Osama bin Laden and his shadowy al-Qaeda terrorist network before watching the tragedy of September 11, 2001 unfold in real time on our television screens. Some had heard bin Laden's name before in connection with the financing of high-profile terrorist incidents, like the 1998 U.S. Embassy bombings in Africa, or the bombing of the USS Cole in 2000. But a more detailed understanding of this man, his background, and the network of Islamist jihadists we are told he is directing, remains largely the purview of South Asian scholars, counterterrorism experts, and government officials. Understandably, in the days and weeks following those horrific events, a traumatized public turned to these experts to make sense of what they had just witnessed. Very soon, a narrative began to emerge, one that seemed to explain what had happened and what it meant for the future of a world that, we were told, had changed forever. Tell us a bit about Osama bin Laden. Uh, what sort of resources and manpower and money he's got and what he's trying to achieve? What is Osama bin Laden? Is he a politician? Is he a warrior? Is he a preacher? A little of all? A little of all, I think, sir. He's a... A millionaire Saudi businessman believed to be living in exile in Afghanistan. He controls and finances Al-Qaeda, an umbrella network of Islamic militants. He is a... a a uh, very soft-spoken man, a man of, of eloquence. And he's vowed to destroy the United States. His network supports terrorists in Afghanistan, Bosnia, Chechnya, Somalia, Yemen, and Kosovo. Well, when I was in Afghanistan just a couple of days ago, uh, I, I heard that he had about 2,000 uh, volunteers working in his camps. Uh, Al-Qaeda that's receiving so much discussion and publicity uh, may have activities in 50 to 60 countries including the United States. Uh, Bernard Lewis has called him almost a poetic speaker of Arabic. U.S. officials link bin Laden to numerous terrorist attacks including the U.S. Embassy bombings in East Africa three years ago. Last year's bombing of the USS Cole in Yemen. One of the Millennium Bombing Plots. The last attack on the World Trade Center eight years ago. Not a flamboyant individual, an individual who defers to his elders and to um, religious scholars. Osama bin Laden is a name that we have been hearing all day long as an individual who may, and we emphasize may, be responsible for these terrorist acts. They now believe that bin Laden was responsible. He's probably far away in the mountains now. He's got his own communication system, which the Americans can't apparently uh, chip into in any sense. There was constant discussion about him hiding out in caves, and I think many times the American people have a perception that it's a little hole dug out of a side of a mountain. Oh, no. This is it. This is a fortress. The tall, thin bin Laden's goal, in his own words, is to unite all Muslims and establish a government which follows Islamic law. Yes. A complex, multi-tiered, bedrooms and offices on the top, as you can see, secret exits on the side and, the end, and on the bottom. He's a very, very uh, significant figure in Islamic uh, politics, uh, certainly, and in world politics. It's a very sophisticated operation. Oh, you bet. This is serious business. And, and there's not one of those. There are many of those. 
What we must remember, though, is that this story, this understanding of our world, which was largely constructed for us in those first chaotic hours after the attacks, and which has remained largely unchanged to this day, only appears monolithic and unchallenged because it has been presented to us in a carefully constructed series of soundbites and interviews with official sources. The events of 9-11, like all major events in our 24-7 network news world, have become a mediated experience. We have been told how to understand these events by the same editors, executives, and media moguls that so obviously failed in their duties in the run-up to the war in Iraq. The truth is that the story of Al-Qaeda is much more complex than we have been led to believe. That Osama bin Laden is at best the dupe of Western intelligence forces and likely their collaborator. That he may in fact have died shortly after 9-11. And that his all-pervasive Al-Qaeda organization, with its alleged link to seemingly every terrorist incident in the world today, is in fact a media creation. A childlike simplification of a complex web of organizations led and populated by double agents and fictitious characters. The truth is that Al-Qaeda, as we have been led to understand it, does not exist. This documentary is the story of those pieces of information that call into question and ultimately destroy the Al-Qaeda myth. After all, for anyone who still believes that the government could tell no lie about a subject as important as this, we should remember that not even the Bush administration blames Osama bin Laden for the attacks of 9-11. So we've never made the case or argued the case that somehow Osama bin Laden was directly involved in 9-11. That evidence uh, has never been forthcoming.